It starts with an idea, then it's all about action. We're asking the hustlers, the action dreamers, the entrepreneurs, how to make it all possible. But this is all about keeping it real. Not everything is picture perfect, and we want to know about the struggle and the many sleepless nights that it takes to bring a business to life. They say we learn through our mistakes. Well, we're asking the experts so you don't have to. This is Commercial Free. Hey, Kate. I wanted to welcome you to the Commercial Free Podcast. This is going to be our fourth or fifth episode in season one. So we're really excited to have Rising Tide come on and speak about what you guys are doing and how you're helping the community. So to get things started, just tell me a little about yourself and what your work history has been like. Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. Very excited to speak about this and to share with you what we're doing. My name is Kate. I love to swim. I've been swimming my whole life and I have, you know, the the privilege to kind of marry my passion, which is swimming, and put it into action and start a nonprofit. That's awesome. What made you want to initially start the rising tide effect? So that's a great question. I've spent the last a little over a decade in the for-profit swimming sector. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, I got to see a lot of different schools, a lot of different programs. And working in New York City and doing it, I got to meet a lot of different people and see a lot of different communities. Yeah. And in doing that, I saw the need that, hey, not everybody can afford lessons or a membership to a YMCA and then lessons on top of that. And there's a great need for people to have free lessons. I can see that for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, it was just kind of one of those things where there's a need, here's a solution. And what really, you know, was the magic spark and made the rubber hit the road was partnering with the Rockaway Hotel. Yeah, I can imagine the Rockaway Hotel is in the heart of Rockaway. So there's no better place to offer to swim lessons there. And the atmosphere is just very inviting and it's great for new kids to feel comfortable trying to get into the water. Yeah, it's beautiful. If you haven't been on that deck, you know, it's really something to see. It's beautifully designed. The pool is the perfect depth for teaching. It's about four feet Mm -hmm. and they keep it nice and warm for us in the morning. And then they're kind enough to actually serve us breakfast after. So all the kids have a bag breakfast. And on certain days, we have a guest speaker at the hotel who works with us during the breakfast. That's awesome. And I can imagine a lot of the parents appreciate it. Going back to what you mentioned, how it can be costly to do so lessons like at the YMCA or just private clubs. So I'm sure they're extremely grateful for what you're offering to their kids. Yeah, they are. And they're also really nice parents and they're very involved. Most of them show up Mm -hmm. and share on their kids. So everyone is just so excited to be there. It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. What inspired you to become a swim coach and just teach children how to swim? And I'm sure that you mentioned that goes back a long time too, right? It goes back a long time to kind of give you a snapshot of my swimming experience. Mm -hmm. I started when I was little and I really learned to swim because my mom made sure of it. And whether it was going to, you know, some lady the back of her house in her pool and having a lesson or at the club we belong to getting on mm-hmm. in those lessons and then onto a swim team, that's how it started out. I have two sisters and a brother okay. and all of them younger also took a liking to swimming and she did the same thing. So in fact, my brother went on to be a big time swimmer at Bucknell University. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very cool. Oh my God, 400 IM or two. It's like that's the toughest race too. <laughs> the toughest race. He was doing it and he was really good at it. But so that early interaction with water and swimming lessons and understanding that it was really important that started around seven. I joined a swim team. I have the need for speed. I love to race in the pool. Mm-hmm. So it was a natural fit. And also thanks to my mom, she drove me to 
swim practice every day for the next like I don't know 10 years 12 years yes and supported me it still supported me in that passion yeah same for my parents my house is a swim household too so me and my brother grew up swimming together my dad was a swim he still is a swim official for YMCA and USA Swimming so I completely understand oh no kidding yeah he actually officiates and runs all the swim meets for my brother and sisters oh wow is he is he with the metropolitan swimming or is that like high school he was working with the Cross Island YMCA pre-pandemic so and then even during the pandemic they had some swim meets and he would go officiate somewhere for Lilac and then I think the other one was I think Metropolitan Swimming too where he would go in and help them out also that's awesome yeah that's where it's at so yeah you get it you know swimming houses yeah 100% so like along the way like everybody has ups and downs what would you say is like your biggest like roadblock and like what did you learn from it well I guess as it pertains to swimming, yeah. biggest roadblock was actually an injury in college. Okay. So just to like fast forward, had a great freshman year, you know, back in the pool sophomore year. And I had this overuse injury where my acromion broke, acromion process, it's like the hood of your shoulder, the roof. Okay. So after that, even though I had the surgeries and I rehabbed, I was never able to hold water like I used to. Yeah. It was like- It was just tough, you know, right? Everything, my worst nightmare. Yeah. And so now it's like I can try as hard as I want and train as hard as I want. And even if it hurts, it doesn't really matter because you still can't grab all that water. That was the first roadblock where I was like, wait a minute, my body's failed me. I love swimming, but I can't really do it. How am I going to continue on? Yeah. That's actually when swimming started to morph a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. I came out of that surgery. And even with, you know, the wires sticking out, you know, just maybe two weeks out of the hospital, I'm back in the pool just walking. My trainer allowed me to walk in the shallow end. Okay. The feeling of the water, just the smell of the chlorine, being back in that was really, really helpful. So then I started to look at swimming a little differently. It wasn't going to be the swimming that I knew up until this point, which was racing. Mm-hmm. It was going to be something else. Yeah, that's awesome. And then like that's something else ended up being... A- swim coach and just helping other kids find their passion for the water, correct? Exactly right. Awesome. What were the best resources that have helped you build the rising tide effect along the way? The best resource and building block yes. um, has been the Rockaway Hotel. Has been the Rockaway Hotel? Yeah. Without them, we wouldn't have water. Mm-hmm. I could bring all the programming and get all the kids, but Without them, there's just, there's no possibility. So that's been really the biggest resource for the program. That's awesome. That's awesome. What's one common myth that you would like to debunk about being a swim coach and just swimming in general? Okay. I'm excited to answer this for you. And I would like to know what you think. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Swimming is not a sport. People say that. A lot of people think swimming is considered like a game, but it's actually not. It's the complete opposite just because it's probably one of the most individual sports out there. And of course, in swimming, you have your relays and you have the team aspect of it, but when it really comes down to it, you're the one that steps up to the block and you're the one that has to make it happen and put your best effort forward to break the record if, if that's what you're really trying to do or just do a personal best for that day. Or like in your instance, like trying to overcome an injury. I had actually a shoulder injury in college as well where I had like a nerve pinch underneath my shoulder blade. So that made it hard to swim freestyle, which is why my coach had me do brush show because it didn't irritate as much and I was able to still perform at like the highest level. To like go back 
to what you were saying. Yeah, swimming is 100% a sport and it's not a game at all. It's not a game. It is not a game at all. And all the tough guys in high school, I remember, is when I used to hear that the most. You know, the other sports, the other athletes. Swimming, really, you need every single muscle in your body. You need your entire spirit and every ounce of energy that you have to do it. So in a good way, but it's a sport. You're right. Definitely your spirit and energy is probably more than half of what you need because like, you, you can be super strong. You can be fully capable to get in the water, but if you're not mentally there for the race, it's going to fall apart. So having the right, the proper training and then just being mentally ready for the race is 100% what makes everything come together perfectly. So knowing that and seeing that as a swimmer and understanding that idea is kind of what we're trying to also teach the kids. Yeah. So swimming was massive for me for personal development for a lot of people I know. Mm-hmm. This can also be for them. And whether they become you know professional lifeguards or they go on and be on a swim team, maybe they get even a scholarship to college. Yeah. Maybe they become a career teacher. All that stuff, you learn this, not just the skills that you need to teach, but like the attitude and the values and what you have to have on the inside during this process of learning to swim. You're right, because if you're in a setting with like a whole bunch of swimmers, and I've experienced this also like in college particularly, like if there's like a couple of you have negative energy, it's going to bring the rest of the team down. You know, you can't avoid it. It's going to happen because we're all so close to each other. I'm sure you've experienced it too, where the pool decks aren't the biggest. So if someone's having a bad day, it kind of tends to move into the different members of the team. Oh, you'd swear it's in the water, the way it affects people. Oh, yeah, for Sure. Team morale is definitely important. Where can our listeners connect with you online to come and get lessons and learn with you? The best way to connect with us is either through Instagram or our website. Okay, awesome. I'm still trying to get back to everybody. At the moment, our friend over, Lou Harris over at Black Surfing Association, Mm -hmm. been very kind and supportive and kind of posted about us a few times. And he has such a following and everybody's reached out as a response, which is like incredible. It's just the best feeling ever. It is the best feeling ever because it's, you know, you're doing something that people want and need and it's important you're right so it's good for sure just having that backing and just seeing people's reactions to it just makes the work that you're doing so much more meaningful this is gonna be our final question for tonight what is your tip for making the world a better place be humble Mm -hmm. but what i mean by that is we are nothing but a drop of water in an ocean we are a speck of dust in time if you really take the time to think about it yeah and what we think is so important at the end of the day when you zoom out and you look at like what's best for everybody and what's best for the world, it might not be the same thing. So I think if there was a bit more humility and people remembered that they are a part of something so much bigger and had the humility enough to remember that it doesn't actually matter what you look like or where you come from. It just matters that you're a human being and I'm a human being. That's the type of humility that we need. And I think that would make a big difference. I think so too. Just like you said, going back to the humility part, I think people accepting where they've gone wrong and being able to improve on what they've done will definitely help make the world a better place. But that's also a mindset, right? So looking at something that they did wrong, I think every mess up, every failure, even every confrontation that I find myself in is an opportunity for me to grow as a person. Also for me to strengthen the relationship with the person I'm potentially, you know, having it with. Yeah. So with that sort of mindset, change is possible for the better. But without that sort of mindset and thinking, okay, it's a failure, it's a mess up and it stops there, it's worthless and we'll never be humble at that rate. You're right. Okay, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to come on to the Commercial Free Podcast today. It was great having you on and just getting an inside look at what makes Rising Tide Effect so amazing. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me. This this was a lot of fun. And check us out on Instagram. I've got the kids on there giving us live feedback of what it's like to learn to swim. It's exciting. Awesome. Yeah, just seeing their 
reactions of getting in the pool for the first time on your Instagram. Just looks great. <laughs> That's where all the magic is. Just to tell you today, I was teaching a kid and this was the first time the kid was able to swim a little without someone holding. So they felt what it's like to be on top of the water and to kick and pull and get somewhere. And their face just lit up the smile. And you could tell the whole pool wasn't so scary anymore. And actually it was kind of enjoyable and like, oh my God, let me do this again. It's just amazing what swimming can do. Yeah. Once they realize that the waters can be their friend, not their enemy, it's a complete game changer. Exactly. So thanks again. We'll have to have you come on to another episode once the summer's over, just so we can get a feel of like how everything went for the rising tide effect. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. We're halfway through now almost. So that'll be good. Whether you are a returning listener or this is your first time listening to Commercial Free, I wanted to give you a huge thank you. You are the reason why we are able to help spread the word of small business owners. While this provides a platform for small business owners to come on and speak about what makes their business so great, you as the listener, I hope you get motivated to start your own business or this helps improve the one you already have. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review as it helps this podcast grow and reach more people around the world.